Hi, everybody. We're going to go ahead and get started. I'm Laura Odato with the Cato Institute, and thanks so much for joining us today. We're going to be talking about Mike Tanner's new paper, The American Welfare State, How We Spend Nearly $1 Trillion a Year Fighting Poverty and Fail. There's copies outside on the table. They look like this if you didn't get a chance to grab one. And as always, all other Cato papers and books we try and make available to Hill staffers. So if you ever need something, just feel free to contact me and we'll get it for you. Mike Tanner is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. He researches a variety of domestic policies, including healthcare reform, social welfare policy, and social security. His publications include, among other things, The Poverty of Welfare, Helping Others in Civil Society, and A New Deal for Social Security. Under his direction, Cato has also launched the project on social security choice. Before joining Cato in 1993, he served as the director of research at the Georgia Public Policy Foundation and was also the legislative director for the American Legislative Exchange Council. And with that, I will turn the podium over to Mike. Well, thank you very much, and I appreciate you all coming out. I uh, do want to talk a little bit about welfare and welfare spending today. Uh, of course, undergoing, uh, at least over on the House side, I understand uh, another debate about welfare spending in the context of the budget, uh, where a bill has been introduced to eliminate a number of the, the sequestration of the defense spending and substitute cuts in some of social welfare programs instead. And of course, that's uh, given rise to sort of predictable lines of argument that, that you've seen, that uh, these cuts in social welfare spending are going to, to mean that uh, people are starving in the street, and it shows how hard-hearted the Republicans are. Uh, now, personally, I would like to see both the cuts in defense spending and the cuts in welfare spending. Uh, but that said, I also do think there's a number of problems with the arguments that are being made against the cuts in social welfare spending. They presume two things, I think. Number one is that they badly underestimate the amount that we actually spend on welfare in this country and how little these cuts actually would amount to in terms of the total amount we're spending. And second, they assume that the social welfare spending we're doing is actually doing anything to help the poor. Uh, I think that both of those assumptions are quite questionable, and that's sort of what I want to walk you through today. You know, when we talk a lot about welfare spending in this country, I think people underestimate the amount that goes on because they tend to think of welfare as being TANF, what used to be AFDC, Aid for Dependent Children, now is Temporary Assistance for Needy Families. It's the cash grant that people get in terms of welfare, and we think of that, that's what welfare is. The reality, however, is that the federal government alone currently operates 126 different federal welfare programs. Now, these, uh, we defined a welfare program as meeting one of, either, of two criteria. Either the program is a means-tested program, so that its benefits go to low-income people because uh, it's te means-tested, or it is a program that says in the definition of the program somewhere, this is an anti-poverty program. So if the program met either of those two criteria, two criteria we considered it to be uh, a welfare program. And in the back of the paper, the, uh, there is a list of all 126 uh, of these programs. Uh, in total, on all of these programs combined, the federal government this year will spend $668 billion on those programs. Uh, in addition to that, state 
and local governments also spend money on welfare programs. <clears throat> in some, it's matching funds on TANF and Medicaid and other things where they actually match federal spending or put in their own share of federal spending. And in some cases, they operate these programs entirely on their own. They could spend another $284 billion uh, on those programs, meaning that altogether on anti-poverty programs this year, we will spend $952 billion or just short of $1 trillion on fighting poverty. Uh, and we've been spending close to that level for some time, the net result of which is that poverty is actually increasing over the last several years in this country. Now, if you're spending a trillion dollars a year and to, to, to reduce poverty, and poverty is going up, it does suggest that maybe you're doing something wrong somewhere along the way. Uh, and you can see the, how much welfare spending has actually been increasing in the last several years. Uh, at the end of the uh, Bush administration, we were spending $475 billion at the federal level. Now it's $668 billion. Uh, so there's been a significant increase in welfare spending during the Obama administration, about a 41% increase, as a matter of fact, at the federal level. Now, some of that is contracyclical. Uh, some of that is simply the fact that we've been in a recession, high unemployment. Uh, these programs, some of them automatically kick in during that time period uh, when you have, uh, have high unemployment or poverty growing. So some of it is just contracyclical spending. Uh, some of it is healthcare spending. Uh, healthcare costs have been rising. A number of these are healthcare programs, so you can't really blame the Obama administration for that. But some of these are deliberate policy decisions. Uh, there's been uh, policy decisions by the administration, for example, to make food stamp eligibility easier, uh, to increase uh, eligibility uh, at, the food, at the state level for food stamps. Some of it, uh, there's been a, a change in the incentives under the welfare reform to make it easier for states to increase uh, their welfare roles. Some of the, so there's been some deliberate policy decisions that have figured into this increase in spending as well. But there's no doubt that we're spending a lot more money on welfare in the last three years. Uh, over the same period of time, poverty rates have increased. Uh, in fact, we're actually spending, I think this is fascinating, we're actually spending about $20,610 per poor man, woman, and child in this country. So for every poor person in this country, we spend about $20,000 uh, fighting poverty. Now, given that the federal poverty level is about $11,000, and we're spending over $20,000 on that poor person, we should theoretically have no poverty in this country. Uh, if we were actually spending this money right, I mean, we'd be better off simply writing every poor person in America a check for $11,000 and theoretically wipe out poverty uh, and save ourselves $9,000 along the way uh, per person. So again, the suggestion is that somewhere along the way you have to be doing something wrong if you're spending uh, almost twice as much as would be necessary to eliminate poverty uh, and yet you still have poor people. In fact, you have more poor people uh, than ever before. Uh, this sort of takes it back. just want to show you the increase in welfare spending in this country. This doesn't go back all the way to 1965 when Lyndon Johnson declared war on poverty, but it starts in, uh, starts in 73. Uh, but you can see that we've had st steadily steady rise. Uh, the red line is federal welfare spending. The, uh, the blue line here is uh, total when you throw in state and local welfare spending. And you can see that pretty much it's been, it's been a steady rise. I mean, it occasionally flattens out a little bit, but it's never really been a de decline 
uh, in welfare spending in, the, in this country. We've had a pretty steady rise in both total and, uh, and federal uh, welfare spending. Uh, so the idea that somehow that we've had massive cuts in welfare spending along the way uh, is pretty much a myth. In fact, the only real decline you can see is around here is sort of uh, you have sort of the Clinton era uh, stuff that goes on uh, a little bit under, the, under Bush and then kind of uh, takes off again in the later Bush years and, and goes up, up again. So we've no real declines uh, in welfare spending along the way. Uh, you can also look at it and say, well, that's in, you know, that was in constant dollars, uh, but you know, we've had a growing economy, maybe it's part of that. So we also looked at it in terms of, as a percent of GDP, welfare spending. And again, you can see there's been uh, no real declines. Uh, this, again, is total welfare spending if you throw in the states. This is uh, federal uh, spending. You know, I certainly can see that since the, uh, uh, since really since the end of the 90s, as a percent of GDP has taken off, uh, really gone up under Bush and, uh, and Obama, uh, under both the, the uh, President Bush and Obama, we've had a significant increase uh, in welfare spending as a percent of GDP. Uh, after sort of flattened out during the uh, during the Clinton years, uh, state and local governments as well uh, has taken off. Uh, so it's it's been a, a big increase as a percent of GDP. And again, also looking at it on a per capita basis, or as we look at poor per per, per poor person, I say that three times fast. Uh, but uh, on a uh, per poor person basis, uh, again, it has uh, steadily increased. Uh, over the last, since the, uh, since sort of the 90s, it's been going up fairly steadily, uh, both on the federal level and again on the total level when you take in state and local spending as well. So by no measure that you can develop has spending on welfare been declining uh, in America. We hear a lot about the war on the poor. Uh, I've heard, uh, heard talk about people talking about how we've been slashing social welfare spending uh, for years. Um, you can see there's no evidence of any decline in uh, spending on welfare uh, in this country over that period of time. And what have we gotten in exchange for this uh, increase in welfare spending? Very little bang for your buck. Uh, if you want to look at the uh, different levels here, this, uh, this line here is federal welfare spending again. Uh, this is total welfare spending when you include the states. This black line is the poverty rate. And what you can see is that the poverty rate uh, today is higher than it was back in the, in the 70s. Uh, it's actually been, this has been a fairly flat range here, and it's had almost no relationship to what's been going on in welfare spending. Uh, the only decline you really see in, uh, in poverty actually occurs during the, uh, the end of the Clinton administration and during a time of welfare reform. When we, welfare reform was going on, you see a decline uh, somewhat in, uh, in poverty, but then it starts back up again. And you see there's no real correlation with, uh, with cuts in welfare spending. So, or with increases in welfare spending, you get uh, increases, but, a uh, but no real decline. Uh, in fact, the rolls start up even as you're increasing your spending here. So you're not getting a lot of bang for your buck out of the welfare spending, which would suggest that these programs aren't really doing a great deal of good. Uh, which is ironic because we actually have a pretty good idea of how you actually reduce poverty in this country. Uh, you can go back, there's years of academic research on this that suggests really there's four keys to getting out of poverty. Uh, number one is uh, finish school. If you drop out of high school, you're going to be poor. If you graduate college, the chances are you're not. 
it, it's pretty much that simple. Number two, if you're a woman and you're not married, don't get pregnant. If you give birth out of wedlock, your likelihood of being poor is five times higher than if you wait till you get married before you have children. Now, this has nothing whatsoever to do with the moral judgment or anything about who you sleep with or anything like that. I couldn't care less about, about any of that. But it is an economic judgment. And, and it's a simple fact that for a variety of reasons, including the fact that you only have one income in, in a family instead of two, uh, and the fact that you have to take time out of the labor force, and there's all sorts of costs that go with childbearing, particularly for uh, young, young girls who get pregnant. Uh, there's also, they end up in poverty at a far higher rate. Uh, so out-of-wedlock birth is a, is a huge indicator of, of poverty. Third, get a job, any job, and stick with it. In fact, even someone who gets a minimum wage job is two and a half times more likely to be out of poverty the following year than someone who actually goes on welfare instead of getting a job. Uh, the fact is, if you get a job, uh, even a part-time job, you're more likely to be out of poverty than if somebody who doesn't work at all, and someone with a full-time job is more likely to be, uh, to be not poor, uh, significantly more likely to be not poor than someone who's not working. It simply makes sense, obviously, if you're employed, you're less likely to, to be poor. And then I would also add the importance of savings uh, in this, the ability to save money and accumulate wealth in programs that make it easier for people to actually accumulate some sort of savings uh, over their lifetime. Uh, even low-income people to save money uh, turns out to be very important. Wealth, uh, you know, it's funny we think about this, but the, the antidote to poverty is actually wealth. Uh, it's not just income. It is, it's actually having, having some sort of nest egg uh, of some kind. But what we find, if you look at those 126 welfare programs, very few of them address these problems. And in fact, many times, they're actually counterproductive to these problems. Uh, and so if you wanted to actually deal with something that dealt with reducing poverty, I would think you'd want to focus much more attention on these areas than you actually do on uh, simply giving people more income. I think too many of our poverty programs end up actually worrying about how can we make poverty more comfortable rather than how can we eliminate poverty. How do, you, know, you don't judge the success of anti-poverty programs by how many food stamps you give to people. You judge it by how few people need food stamps. You want to reduce poverty, and I would think that that would be the judge of a successful anti-poverty program. Yet what we've seen from those charts is that what we're doing is giving a lot of people food stamps, a lot of people other welfare benefits, and we're not reducing poverty. We're having more poverty and more welfare spending. And then we're saying, well, because we're spending more on welfare, we're doing the right thing. It seems to me that that's exactly the wrong measure. What you want to be doing is on this side, the number of people on welfare, that's the only thing, the number of people who are poor, that should be what really counts. And that means you need to deal with these issues. And yet we, have, we continue to subsidize a failing school system to ever more money without doing anything to really reform them. We continue to subsidize out-of-wedlock birth and effect through the, through the welfare system. We continue to have policies that destroy jobs, that don't encourage entrepreneurship, don't encourage job creation, particularly in areas of high unemployment. And we have a system that perversely discourages savings among the poor. 
I mean, just to give you a, a, a one example on this, if you get, collect welfare and you get your welfare check in and you go buy your kids a new pair of sneakers with it, we think that's cool. If you put that money away for your kid's college education, we'll take away your welfare check. So, uh, you know, our system is designed in a perverse way to actually not just not fix these problems, but to actually discourage them, uh, to actually work against them. So the question that I, I would have, and then I'm going to open it up and take some, some questions from you folks, but the question that I would have is, are we really doing any good by spending a trillion dollars a year fighting poverty? And if we cut any of those programs, does that necessarily mean that we're going to do any harm? Shouldn't we actually ask the question whether or not these programs are doing any good before we worry about how much we spend on them? Good intentions, as measured in dollars spent, is not the solution to what we're doing. Anyway, I thank you very much for listening to me, and I'm happy to, to take any questions that anybody might have.